welcome to the Greenhouse Podcast, Hiring for What's Next. In each episode, we'll meet people at the forefront of hiring. In this episode, our special guest host, George LaRoque, principal analyst and founder of WorkTech, sits down with Greenhouse co-founders and authors, Daniel Chait and John Strauss. Daniel and John will share their story behind building the business and their motivation to write the book on hiring, Talent Makers. You'll also get an in-depth look at what it was like to create the company's structured hiring approach and how that led to the development of the hiring maturity model that has been embraced by thousands of companies. And now, over to Daniel. Hi, I'm Daniel Chait. I'm the CEO and co-founder at Greenhouse. And I'm John Strauss, president and co-founder at Greenhouse. And we're here on the Talentmakers podcast today with a special episode. We're going to be talking Talentmakers, the concept, Talentmakers, the book, Talentmakers, the flamethrower, Greenhouse, and all things hiring with our good friend and special guest star, George LaRock. George? Hey, thanks for having me. Dan and John, I'm really excited to be here on this momentous occasion, the launch of this book. Yes. It's not every day you launch a book, but today's the day. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's we're here to talk about you and talent makers. And uh, let's let people know me. I'm, you can find me at oneworktech.com and see what I'm all about. But let's let's zoom right in on talent makers and so tell us about the book. You you wrote the book on hiring. Finally, what what was the motivation behind the book? How did how did we get here? Yeah, well, you know, we we've been um, we've been thinking about and working on the problem of how do you make companies great at hiring for over nine years now, and we've been making a lot of progress. We have thousands of customers, and we can measure their progress according to a number of different measurements. It's great, but there's a lot more than a few thousand uh, organizations in the world that are that are hiring, and not all of them are going to be our customers quite yet. And so uh, we were working on this this bigger problem of how do we really tackle our mission to help every company become great at hiring when we know that not all of them are necessarily going to be customers of our software yet. And at the same time, George, over the years, we've developed through listening to our customers, through talking to outside experts, and through looking at the data, we've developed lots of ideas and frameworks and evidence about what really works. If you're a leader that's trying to build and lead a culture of hiring within your organization, and we wanted to put that all together in one place so that you could kind of go from start to finish. If you're someone who's leading an organization if you're a CEO, if you're a vice president, you know, leading a team somewhere at a big company, and you just want to be one of those companies that wins for talent, you don't know how it's done, this can get you there. That's great. That's great. And I've I've I got a sneak peek at the book and and I agree. It it's 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 really something. I really I really love the format and and what it delivers. Um, John, do you have anything to add around the uh, the concept and sort of leading up to the book. Yeah. I mean, I think just the, um, the thing that we started noticing in the gap was that as more and more companies figure out, like, and especially as more and more like business leaders figure out, Hey, hiring is really important. Like this isn't something the recruiting team does. It's something I have to do. And more and more, if you're like a leader of sales or leader of engineering, your success is based on your ability to hire well. And then when we say, okay, so, well, what does that mean? How would you hire well? There's like a gap there where there's a lot of people who are like, they're not actually sure what their role is. Um, and, and as a head of sales, 
you know, you've got a recruiter who's supposed to like do the recruiting, but it's like, well, wait, what are you supposed to do? And so what we see, even the companies that we work with, is there's kind of conversation starting between the recruiters and the business people to say, how are we supposed to work together? And what does great look like? And why are we failing so badly? And so, you know, after all, all of the work we've done over these many years in building our product and working with these customers, we just felt like, oh, you put it all together as a playbook. This would be a really helpful thing in that conversation. It sounds like we're, you know, you're, you're leading your customers and now leading really business to this destination of a talent maker. What I have an idea of what that is. I've known Greenhouse for a while, but share it with the audience. What, what, what is a talent maker? Yeah, well, um, you know, what we saw was that there were certain leaders who found themselves having a very personal and a very important role that they were playing in hiring and many others who did not, many others who were just frustrated. Like, why is it so easy for those folks down the street to hire? Why can we never do it? Why is my recruiter not doing their job? And when we looked at the difference, we thought, you know, as John said, there's this, there's this gap in knowledge and this gap in understanding. And we felt that by putting a name to it and doing a little bit of research around it, we could help elucidate what that difference is and really bring the keys to success in hiring to those leaders who haven't yet who haven't yet experienced that success, um, or don't know how to systematize it, or don't know that it's repeat, or don't know how to re- repeat it throughout their company, and that name, that idea of being a talent maker, that's really this hidden role that every leader needs to have that they didn't know that they were supposed to do. That helps you be one of those companies or be one of those organizations or teams that can repeatedly and consistently hire great people. And so as a talent maker, you need to recognize that, you know, if you're running an engineering team or a sales team, you know, or or a production team, that in addition to that function, in addition to that sales or engineering or production, you also have this other really important, equally important or more so part of your job, which is to make the talent, to build the team and to attract the people. And there's all kinds of things that you need to do that most people do only some of in order to really get there. That's what being a talent maker is about. Yeah. And I, I'm, you know, I want to dig in with you today, uh, you know, on what you're doing and, you know, what Greenhouse did and and talk about uh, what that means to be a talent maker. But it, it's it's more so than just, you know, what you're aspiring to be. I mean, you, you brought some real data into this built based on uh, concepts like some of your proprietary models, like the hiring maturity curve. And, um, you know, John, can you share, you know, what, how that plays into the talent maker, uh, the book, the concept and, uh, and what that, what that curve is? Sure. So, so we noticed was when we start working with companies and asking them questions about what they're doing is it's pretty easy to, to plot them on kind of a maturity model curve where at the bottom you've got chaos, where you have companies where everything's going wrong. The hiring managers and recruiters aren't really communicating so well. Everybody's pointing fingers. A lot of times the hiring managers give up on the process and kind of go outside and hire their own agencies. Um, The next step up is inconsistent, where typically you actually have a recruiter who's doing a really good job. It's kind of a hero working their butt off, making it happen. But ultimately, uh, it's a really fragile process because it's all dependent on that, that one person being a hero. And if she takes a day off or she leaves, you fall right back into chaos. And so when you try to scale, kind of usually doesn't work so well. Uh, the next step up where people try to get to 
is systematic, where they actually have a, a consistent process, they have good data, they're able to under, actually understand what's happening in their um, in their systems. They actually, you know, new people join, they learn the right way to do it. This is what most people are trying to aspire to. And then what you have is for the folks who have kind of reached systematic, is they're able to like really say, how do we differentiate as a company because of our talent acquisition? And so they get up to that top level of strategic where it's like they have a differentiated candidate experience. They win people because of the candidate experience, not in spite of it, right? They have an, an activated DNI program where they're actually making an impact in mitigating bias and creating, in creating a more fair hiring process. Um, they're using data to get better every quarter where you can see like, wow, we're improving every quarter. Um, and it's really kind of an operationally excellent function. And so, you know, we lay that out because I think it's an easy way for people to kind of place themselves on it and say, oh yeah, we really sound like that one. And then you can kind of lay out, well, what does it take to move up to the next step? And what does it move to the next step after that? And so it kind of demystifies when a lot of times we talk to people and they're like, I don't know, it's just a mess. I don't even know where to begin. And so we created this model as a way for them to kind of understand, like put themselves in context and figure out the right next step. Right. Right. So that, so we're, with the book, you're, it's based on everything that, uh, that you've learned through your journey um, to get here with your customers, with the data that you have, as well as your experiences. So let's, let's dig in on some of those experiences um, and, and use that as a backdrop to the, to the book a little bit. Let's, let's start with Greenhouse. So how, how did you, how did you, how did Greenhouse, how did you two get to know each other? How did you, how did this happen? How did Greenhouse happen? <laughs> We're going way back. So John and I met in college, as it happens. Uh, we both went to the University of Michigan, uh, which, if you're not familiar, is a well-known basketball program in the Midwest. But John and I, being of the of the vintage that we are, you know, in the in the early '90s when we went to college, we each graduated. John went out to the West Coast, and I came out to New York, and that was kind of it. You know, you didn't have online communication, you know, Facebook and social networks, and so when when you graduated from college you sort of lost touch with, with folks. And that and that's sort of what happened for a few years. But we reconnected a little bit later on uh, when John John moved back to New York City. Um, and we started to become friends. And fortunately, as it happens, it was right around the time when we were both undergoing a, a bit of a career transition and kind of open to new opportunities and thinking about starting something. And so we started talking to each other about um, ideas and and the opportunity to, to start a new a new company together when we realized that we felt we had a really special partnership and we wanted to, to seek out that opportunity together. And and when was that when Greenhouse started? Was that about 2012? Yeah, so the summer of 2011, we were kind of brainstorming different ideas and we eventually realized that either, that while neither of us were recruiters, we'd both had this common experience of building a recruiting machine. And so with Dan, he had worked, he had built this company Lab 49, which is like an IT consulting shop. They go out to big banks, build them trading systems, and they figured out as many people as we can hire, we can turn around and rent them to the banks and make a lot of money. And so Dan stopped programming and started becoming a recruiter and kind of brought the, I think, the engineer's mindset to like, how do I systematically build an awesome recruiting function? And they did it and they hired tons of people and built an awesome company. And so a lot of the germ of the idea for Greenhouse came from Dan's experience at lab, figuring out, like, how do I actually do this? 
for me, I, I was the GM of a business unit inside of Johnson & Johnson. It was called Baby Center. It's a website for new and expected parents. And I was the GM of International. So we, had, we were launching this website in 20 plus countries around the world. And I had to hire a local editor. So I had to figure out how do you hire a pregnancy editor in Kuala Lumpur and Moscow and Beijing, right? And, and a bunch of other places. And so we created this whole system to find people and interview them and test them in their local language and then hire them to onboard them and manage them. And again, worked really well, hired wonderful people. And so what we figured out was, you know, we're like, wow, we both kind of created these systems that worked. They weren't really technology-based. We just kind of created them. And yet everybody we talked to when we were kind of researching business ideas, everyone would say recruiting is one of our number one challenges. And we'd say, well, what are you doing about it? And they'd start to describe what they were doing. And we'd invariably say, yeah, that's dumb. Don't do that. You should do the thing that we did. <laughs> and so we realized there's this big gap between how important recruiting was becoming and how bad everyone was at it. And we realized the machines that we had built at Lab and Baby Center, like that's not something the most powerful weapon you can have in business. If you know you can predictably quickly bring on the very best talent, you can solve most business problems. And virtually nobody has that weapon. And we said, well, if a company realized that that was really important and they wanted to become great at hiring, what would they need? And that was the genesis of Greenhouse. So it was very much not like, let's build an ATS. We were very ignorant of the ATS market. Um, we weren't, didn't know all the competitors into that. We didn't set out to solve the ATS problem. We set out to solve the problem of when a, when a CEO decides that hiring is the number one thing that they have to get right, what would they want to do? And how do we empower that? And that was kind of the founding of the company. Yeah, I would say it's probably a good thing that you didn't use the existing ATS landscape to uh, as, as your playbook or <laughs> as your, as your roadmap. I think yeah. I think that's been one of our great benefits. And I think we still try to keep that naivete sometimes and not just like chase what the rest of the market's doing, but really go back to the first principle of what's the problem that we're solving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, you know, I, you've, uh, you're in a market leadership position now, so it's difficult to, uh, to say that you're fresh eyes on the market, but I think that that fresh perspective is, you know, serves the customers uh, well, right? Coming in from from where where you did in, in the market, and so you're building this this um, this hiring platform. You're you're setting out to change the way companies are hiring, but the first thing you have to do is build a team, build a product, and build it and build a team, hire a team. So what? What do you remember early on, you know, right out, out, off the bat? Like, what are the, some of the things you did to build that greenhouse team? Did you take some of your own advice? Well, yeah, before we had to build the product and before we had to build the team, I needed to get childcare. So it happens, George, that at the same time as John and I were starting greenhouse was also when my son was born in Q1 of 2012. It was a big quarter for me. Uh, because we decided to start Greenhouse in January and, and my son was born in, in March of that year. And so I needed, you know, my wife is a, is a, is a CEO as well of, of her own company. And so I, we, needed, we needed someone to, to, to watch our baby that we could work. And having never uh, done that before, you know, my wife and I were very naive about setting out to do that. And so we started interviewing kind of nannies. And after a handful of them, we were just on completely different pages. I, you know, there was this moment where, you know, this young woman came in and had an interview and left. And I was like, so relieved. Finally, we found the person we were looking for. And my wife was like, that was a disaster. We would never hire that woman. And we looked at each other. We're like, we're not at all on the same page. Like, this is a disaster. And, and Megan, my wife, 
to her eternal credit, kind of looked at me sideways and said, aren't you starting a whole company around the idea of like a systematic way to know that you're hiring the right person? Yeah. So, well, why don't we do that? So that's not a bad idea. And so literally, George, on pen and paper, my wife and I sat down and went through what we now see as the greenhouse structured hiring approach. We acted as talent makers. We said, okay, let's write down the criteria that we think are important. And let's write down some tests or evaluations that we can use to determine whether someone meets those criteria. And let's talk about how we're going to make those decisions and evaluate that information at the end of the process. And then what the steps are that we're going to go through. And George, I'm telling you, it transformed it because immediately we were on the same page. We could focus on the work at hand and I could play my role. She could play hers. We could get to the end. We had great alignment. And ultimately we hired a woman uh, uh, who worked for us for many years until our son aged out of needing that anymore. Uh, she was the linchpin of our family and our household. And although she's moved out of New York, we're still in very close touch. In fact, my son will now on his iPad, he's now, as you know, almost nine years old, he will now like pick up his iPad and FaceTime with her, you know, to, to read a bedtime story or chat about their weekends. And so to me, like that was really, you know, a, a memorable moment of how you can take a little bit of structure. You don't need any technology. We did on pen and paper and we brought some consistency and we, and, and we were able to make a, probably the most important hire I'll ever make the person who's spending, you know, 10 hours a day with my, with my child. It, it, the truth is, it, it really was a legitimate aha moment where like we were kind of grasping in the dark for what the product was and we were kind of building it in spreadsheets and note cards. We didn't have any technology. And Dan's like, well, let's, he's like, well, let's, let's use it for this nanny hire. It was like, well, this is actually really helpful. And it, it was like, wait, this is totally changing how we're thinking about this. And how him and Megan came to the same page like really quickly. It was like, oh, this they just the framework for it, like having a framework for how you're going to make this decision and make this evaluation more than any like specific, like what's the interview questions you're going to ask was kind of revelatory. And it was like, Oh, we're really onto something here. That's I, I, I love that story. I, I think it also, you know, the, the importance of that hire, of course, is <laughs> that's what, what, what more critical hire will you make? Um, but I also, mean, no offense, no offense to my like VP of sales, but I mean, this one was right. like, that's the one that matters. Right, right, right. But, you, but also, you know, culturally uh, for Greenhouse, the way you, um, I, I, we'll get into Greenhouse today and Greenhouse in the future in a little bit, but, you know, your culture really stands out as far as being very thoughtful in the marketplace. I can say that as a, as a market analyst looking at how the companies, the trajectory most companies are on and are, have been on in our space. And um, there's something about the fact that uh, the, your family situation and partnering with your partner to make a nanny hire played into the gen- kind of speaks to your culture and, and the way, you know, the, the thoughtfulness that you put into the platform and the business and, and your culture. So I, I, I feel like there's a big scoop here, like now knowing that that Greenhouse was built based on Daniel's nanny hire. That's you first. Well, there were other there were other parts to it, but look, George, I think I think what you're what you're uh, pointing to, I think there's a real truth in what you're pointing to, um, which is, you know, mostly when we looked at what companies were doing uh, prior to us, we didn't think, oh, they have the wrong formula, and we have a better formula. What we thought was they don't have a formula at all, and all we're saying to do is to slow down and think a little bit about what you're trying to do and do it in an organized way. So believe me, 
I don't think we have, you know, the secret code for how to hire, you know, or the magic formula that makes everything great. I think our the, the fundamental idea that we brought to the market is just the idea that bringing a little bit of structure is critical when you're coordinating among a bunch of different people to make a hire. You've usually got four, five, six, seven, eight people, the hiring manager, the recruiter, some of the interviewers and these, these things, each of them have their own different ideas in their mind. In their imagination, the person they're trying to hire is different from each other and how they're going to tell is different from each other and no one's ever talked about it. And so just putting all that out in the open and putting it on paper is a way to kind of get to clarity and get to, get to a, a common sense of what you're trying to do. And that really unlocks so many of the benefits. I think, I think our other insight was just like the impact of how important these things are, right? That like these dozens of hours that you spend interviewing, you bring on this person who, who then does thousands and thousands of hours of, of work and is capable of like redefining what's possible in that role or being a disaster and like taking you down. Right. And so when we think about our own people practices and how we create the culture of greenhouse, like, you know, being thoughtful about how you hire or how you promote people or how you let people go, like, all these things are um, so, so important. And I think most folks, most companies just don't think about it that hard and just kind of do like the most expedient thing. And it's like, yeah, but these are the most critical decisions you're going to make. And so I think that's what you see in our culture is we're like, yeah, we're kind of be humble that these are like huge, scary decisions. Like take them really seriously and try your best to get them right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so we, we know that uh, the, this approach works, right? Slowing down, we that's something that you got right. Uh, and you've built the business from that, you know, based on that premise. But there've got to be some stories about, you know, some challenges that were unforeseen, some things that you may have learned along the way that, uh, that didn't work the way you expected them to. Are there any, do you have any insights like that? I mean, every business has got a few, a few of those. I mean, I'll, I'll say, George, like, you know, Hiring is definitely hard. And so uh, we, we always take the opportunity to say that because, you know, I don't want people to think, oh, these guys wrote the book on it. They think it's easier. They've got it all right. It always works. It's just a way to give yourself an improvement in the odds. Um, and, you know, we've made now many hundreds of hires at Greenhouse. And yet, you know, we can look back and say, had I only taken the opportunity earlier in the company's history to diversify the, the organization? Uh, to put more emphasis on, you know, uh, you know how we you know, on hiring more fairly and on looking outside of our immediate networks, I think we would have had a much earlier advantage and a much less difficult road ahead of us in terms of trying to build a more diverse organization and, and, and recruit diverse leadership and talent. It's a big challenge for many organizations and we're no different than that. And so, you know, had I to do it over again, I think I would have had um, I think I, I, I wish we would have had the foresight to spend the time up front to do that work earlier than we than we ended up doing it. Yeah. So looking outside of outside of your network and, and uh, you know, thinking up front about being more diverse, more inclusive. Yeah. And, I mean, and you, don't, you know, mo mo most most people don't think of themselves as as evil or. Uh, you know, even biased, frankly, most people think that they're generally kind of good people and, and sort of fair people. And I don't think we're, I don't think we're any different in suffering from those delusions. I think um, the, the fact of the matter is that unless you go to some effort, 
you know, there's a lot of easy approaches to finding talent that people do that result in much less diverse teams and ultimately much less successful teams, therefore, than if you put in the work ahead of time. And so that's probably a, one, among the bigger regrets I have when I, when I look back. Yeah. And, uh, well, th that's a huge learning. I think you're, uh, you know, that you're, you're based on what we're seeing in the market today. Uh, that's insight that puts you ahead of the pack. Um, and, and again, you know, slowing down, thinking about what you're trying to achieve from a hiring perspective and, um, uh, diversity being, um, you know, uh, one of the things I can tell you, it's top of mind in all of the conversations that I'm having in the, in the market. Um, so how, how has that, if we, if we jump to today, um, you know, how have things changed at Greenhouse as far as, you know, how you hire today at Greenhouse? We've gotten pretty intentional about how we go about hiring. And so it's everything from how we source candidates and saying, rather than just being reactive and like whoever applies, applies, we go explicitly and say like, no, we're going to do specific things that we think will tap talent pools that are underrepresented that we wouldn't just naturally get of people just applying online. And so there's a whole sourcing thing that we do to go try to find different folks. On the interview process, we get pretty rigorous about trying to understand, well, what's actually happening? Are the pass rates by race or gender or anything else that we want to track, are they consistent throughout the process? Or are there certain interviews or certain stages where, there's, where it's inequitable? And we try to understand well, what's happening there. Is it that the attributes themselves maybe contain some bias? Is it the way that we're interviewing for them? Is it who's doing the interviews? And then you try to wrestle with that and try to understand what can you do to make sure that we're making decisions based on whether the person can do the job and not based on some bias that's slipped in, some preconceived notion. Um, so that's it's it's a journey. Like we kind of wish, you know, I think everybody wants it to be a technology solution where you just like press a button and the problem is solved. But like it's not that easy. It's that, you know, the place that, that biases slip in tend to be quite subtle. And so you have to work really hard to understand everything about your process and say where, you know, really interrogate it and say, what, what could we do doing differently? And so it's a collection of a lot of different things to try to be more fair in how we hire. If we were to step back and say, um, thinking about greenhouse and your, your trajectory here, your, your own maturity curve, uh, you know, how, how would you describe, uh, where you are today versus where you were in 2013. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the other thing to say about how we hire at Greenhouse that, that may be a little bit different, it gets back to this idea of talent makers. And while our recruiting team is phenomenal, we fully expect that every leader in the company and frankly, every individual in the company, no matter what department you work in, is going to think and act like a talent maker. Is that they see it as their own personal responsibility to number one, engage directly with candidates, to go out there and, and find talented people that you know or that you may not know and put the word out that you want to be a talent magnet um, and, and you want to be a person who attracts great individuals into our, into our organization. Um, that everybody in, in, our, in our company, no matter where you work, no matter what department you're in, is building and leading a culture where hiring is important, where you're acting as a talent leader that is to say, if you're assigning work out to your organization and you know you're going through a hiring spurt, this is a conversation I was just having with a leader last week, is, well, we're going to be doing all this hiring. And so how do we balance out the work that we're doing to serve customers with the work that we need to do to hire? 
And this leader was going through and actually you know, making sure that they were applying the right amount of, um, of resources and, and, and making the space in their, in, their, in their team's calendar to spend the effort on the recruiting work that needed to happen because it's just as important as the other work that needs to happen and make sure that people get credit for it. So you need to be leading that culture of hiring. You need to be putting your money where your mouth is and showing people that you personally care a lot about hiring and prioritize it and talk about it and measure it. And then you need to be a great talent partner. And so we expect every every talent maker in our organization to work closely with, to partner and support our people team in the work that they do. And so, you know, we have stories of engineering teams that have invited recruiters into their daily standups to sit there and learn how the engineering team works so that those recruiters were the best people uh, to tell the story when they go out there to source candidates. And so that, you know, they knew firsthand what the work was going on in the engineering team so that they could assess and identify better talent. And so that pervasive idea that recruiting is a team sport, is a full team sport where everybody's job is to make sure that we can win for talent. That talent maker idea has really taken root inside of Greenhouse and I think is is a great competitive edge for us. And, um, you know, as much as we're trying to teach the rest of the world to do it, um, you know, I certainly think that it's something that we take very seriously and, and have benefited tremendously from ourselves. I think a big change that's happened when it compares to 2013 is like, we now actually have a hiring brand. 2013, nobody ever heard of us. And now I think we, um, lots of people, you know, we're based in New York City, know that from a, as an engineering department, as a sales department, as a customer success department, like this is a really great place to go to build your career. And so we're able to tell a differentiated story in the recruiting process that we probably couldn't have gotten away with in 2013. But now we have a lot of proof points that like, this is a great place to come to build your career which is a really powerful argument to be able to make. That, that whole construct of, you know, the importance, the level of uh, effort and time that your managers are putting into hiring and, you know, building that into the, the work plan overall and including recruiting the recruiting team as a, as a part of, as a part of the overall work. Um, that's something that really, you know, rings through the book in, in several ways. It's, you know, you've said it here today, right? You've got to, you've got to slow down. You've got to look at, at this. Uh, you've got to put a level of gravity and importance to this, to this effort in order to become a talent maker. What, what are some of the, uh, the moments um, at Greenhouse that have made you the most proud in this, in this context, uh, whether it's, you know, business overall, but, but really thinking about, contributing to this, this, this talent maker construct that you've built? I mean, for me personally, I, where I always go with this question is um, there's quite a few people who started at Greenhouse early in their career and moved around inside the company and eventually kind of found themselves and are now, you know, becoming leaders. And the idea that we created this environment that enabled people to be able to kind of search around and find themselves and then really blossom once they did. Uh, and now they look and say, God, I'm building this career because of this company you've created uh, gives me totally like tremendous pride. Right. And so I'm always super proud when I see any of those folks that like, Oh, look what we've done to help build that. And like we created this environment that allowed that to happen. That's like one of my most proud things of the, of the company. And that's, that's probably, you know, while we focus on being a talent maker and we've talked about how that impacts the hiring, 
I mean, at the end of the day, it's bringing people right, that you're you're getting the right people into the business in order to give them a path, and and you're you're building, you know, you're 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 you know making talent, right? You're you're creating this um, uh, these resources that uh, you know they're staying with you, or whether they move on, they're they're bringing that experience with them. Um, yeah, ultimately, right? Like everybody, I think, focus on recruiting is this operational process that ends when they sign the offer letter and you like high five. Yes. I put a button in the seat and I'm done. And like, that's not what it is at all. Right. And like, you're not recruiting for the recruiter. You're recruiting for the hiring managers. Like, no, I'm going to bring this person in and they're going to do a job and hopefully add lots of value to the company and hopefully build their career. And so I think when you think of it from that perspective, like that's what we're actually doing here, helping people fulfill their whole, their potential. Um, it's a much bigger thing than the operational process of getting somebody to a signed offer letter. Right. You never mentioned uh, efficiency once in this whole conversation, uh, you know, which is uh, where most of the conversation is in the, the hiring tech space, right? A lot of the noise is around, you know, efficiency and, and speed. And you're, you're having a very different conversation about, um, about quality. And, and I know that you're helping with efficiencies as well, as well but but this is a this is a completely different conversation um, and one that probably resonates with most leaders. D- Danny, what about you? Are there was there a moment at Greenhouse or moments at, at Greenhouse that really stand out for you as as the proudest or uh, most representative? Yeah, well, there's a lot. I mean, I would be lying if I didn't say that the first time I saw uh, an image of the cover of our new book, Talent Makers, uh, that I wasn't incredibly proud. Um, and uh, if anybody wants to see it, they can they can click the link and, and check out the, the landing page for the Talent Makers book. Um, but 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 really, I think probably one of the most proud moments for me was in early 2021 when we announced our our uh, investment from the TPG Rise Fund. For those who may not know, the Rise Fund is one of the largest social impact investing funds, maybe anywhere, and. What sets them apart is really two things, is number one, that they look to invest in businesses where the positive social impact of those, of those, of those businesses is directly resulting from what the business itself does. It's not seen as a second, secondary offshoot or as a charity side project, but that the business itself needs to be directly contributing to social good. And number two is that they focus on rigorous, independent measurement and analysis of that. And when you think about what those two things mean, it means that, George, you know, I've met with hundreds over the course of my career of investors. And, and during the past year, I met with dozens and they all have great things to say and all, they all have plenty of capital for you and they all help you with sales and product and all the things that investors help you with. But what the Rise Fund said that nobody else could say was, number one, we're going to value the contribution that Greenhouse is making to society just as much as we're going to value the dollars that you make. And number two is we're going to help make sure that you can scale that, that Greenhouse's mission is to help every company become great at hiring in furtherance, as John mentioned, of unlocking human potential all over the world. And so far, we've got 4,000 and some customers. That's a great start. But how do we really scale that impact? How do we make sure that fairer hiring, giving more economic opportunities to more, more people, to people who are traditionally locked out from, the, from those opportunities, 
whose potential goes unrealized, how do we provide that to hundreds of millions of more people? And uh, as someone, you know, almost 10 years now into this journey, to have the opportunity at this stage to say, we've been saying this all along, that great hiring is efficient and great hiring helps you get better people and it makes your business more effective and all these things. But also maybe more fundamentally, great hiring unlocks the potential of people. It helps them realize their dreams. It helps them provide for their families and build skills and have you know dignity. Um, to, to be able to do that uh, from here forward as a core piece of the company and tied directly through the company and our mission to the boardroom and to the capital of the investors that are supporting us is just a, a tremendous honor and a little bit of a scary challenge, if I'm honest with you, um, because it's a really high bar. But as an entrepreneur, you know, that challenge is baked into the cake and something you, you, you do this for. And so John and I are just, you know, really excited and thrilled to be able to, to take this on uh, as, as a big piece of the next phase of the company. Yeah. I, yeah. Well said. And I, I think the, the key thing that everybody should know as I, as I've been watching greenhouse is this, this investment, um, isn't, uh, or, or this with the focus on, um, on the good that you're doing. Um, it's not aspirational. It's not saying, uh, from just from here forward, but you had to be demonstrating this. So when, when did the inclusion product launch, uh, in, or the, uh, do we call it the product or the, your, everything that you released in and around inclusion? When was that? Yeah. So George, you know, the, the most fundamental things that companies can do to be inclusive in how they hire is to follow a structured hiring approach. That's what all the research says. You can read a lot more about this in our book, Talent Makers. Um, and we've been doing that since the beginning. We've been doing that since before the beginning. Right. I did that on pen and right. paper when I hired my right. nanny as we know, and you always get that with Greenhouse. We launched dedicated features around inclusion in 2018 at Greenhouse Open um, as a way to really bring together a lot of what we've been working on under sort of one banner, supplanted by um, outside research, uh, academic and industry-based uh, with our partners at Paradigm uh, Consulting. And so, you know, we've been on this journey for many years. We're definitely not anywhere close to finished with it. There's a lot more to do, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been years now. Right. Right. And that's, the, and that's my point is that you're uh, this is a trajectory that you've been on, right? You've been, you've been working on this. You put, you put uh, a stake in the ground in the market with that offering, um, you know, in 2018. Uh, it, this is not a, you know, reaction to the market today or the, the condition in the market today, it's, it's, it, or, or the world today, this is, this is what you've built uh, into your business um, all along. And I think that's, that's important around that. You know, what, what did TPG see in greenhouse? Because um, I, I think most people from the outside would say, well, here's an applicant tracking vendor. And how, how does, how, how does this relate? You know, you expect to see, a different kind of company um, receiving growth capital from that fund. I, I think, you know, and, and it, and it drew my attention in to say, well, this, this, this really validates uh, this, this concept of what you've been building and, you know, kudos to you for that. So talking about that trajectory, and I know we're, we're almost out of time, you've got the funding, you're on a trajectory. What's, what's next for greenhouse? What, what does the future look like? Yeah, so I think that 
you know, I would also say coming out of this this co- last year of COVID where uh, you're faced with just massive uncertainty and you're just kind of figuring out like, how do we get through the next month and is the world going to fall apart? We're now suddenly feeling like, oh, there's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. People are getting their vaccines. We, we, business is coming back very strong and we have this investment. It gives us the, the ability to pursue the most ambitious version of Greenhouse, right? So obviously that means we want to scale, right? We've made an investment in Europe. We have a Dublin team in Ireland that's really growing quickly. So we're going to start to scale to more parts of the world. There's, you know, we've been selling to bigger and bigger companies and kind of more verticals outside of the tech thing for, for many years now. And then it's just, then it's also doubling down as, as, as Dan said, I think we have a ways to go in all of the ways that we can impact uh, how people hire, hire more fairly, hire better, right? Always hiring fairly is hiring better. And so from the ways that you source candidates to the ways that you interview, the ways that you figure out what to offer people, all of those things, there's opportunities for us to, to go much farther. And so we're going to continue down that path to impact as many people as we can. It's the same as it always was. It's the same as we highlighted earlier in this conversation at the very beginning is by asking the question, how do we make companies better at hiring? And when they decide to make that change, what is it that they need in order to get there? And I don't think anybody would say that uh, we've we've done we're, we're done yet. That you know companies are are done. They all are, you know hiring is perfect. We can put down our tools and 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 walk away. Like there is so much more to do. And so as John said, um, you know every time we we look to the future, we just ask the question, what's next? Um, it comes down to how do we help every company become great at hiring, and we'll continue pursuing that mission as long as we're allowed to. But uh, there's a lot more to do. Great. Well, I, I really appreciate uh, this. You know you inviting me here to have this conversation. I, I always learned something. I learned about the nanny. I learned about, uh, you know, your experience building the business. And, uh, and I know that uh, anybody who picks up your book will learn a lot about becoming a talent maker and, and really where to focus their efforts. So thank you for this. Thanks, George. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Hiring for What's Next Greenhouse podcast, The Talent Makers. Want to learn even more? Daniel, along with president and co-founder of Greenhouse, John Strauss, wrote the book on hiring with Talent Makers, How the Best Organizations Win Through Structured and Inclusive Hiring. This book is essential reading for every leader and hiring manager and lays out the principles of world-class hiring through the lens of Daniel and John's experiences with more than 4,000 companies. In this business must-read, you'll discover expert insights from the world's leading companies, including Alphabet, Stripe, Airbnb, Whole Foods Market, and more. You'll gain access to the proven framework for creating internal alignment and a culture of hiring that attracts and retains amazing talent. Head to talentmakersbook.com to order your copy and access even more resources and tools to turn hiring into your company's strategic advantage. Until next time.